Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. Y'all already know who it is. It's your boy Loso, man. And y'all listen to the number one sports podcast out, MTMV Sports. Y'all see it. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in hot. Hey, this is Rick Sincere with MTNV Sports. So happy to be joining you all today. I'm excited and ecstatic today um, to have with me or have with us today Jake Madison of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Um, I mean, just I, I've listened to his podcast. He is such an amazing, just kind of, you know, just amazing advocate for um, for the Pelicans, but also very, very informative and gives a ton of good information and in-depth knowledge on the New Orleans Pelicans. And because he's one of the local experts there, there's some pressing national questions that I have to ask him so you can get his perspective on it. Jake, go ahead and say hello to the people. Yeah, of course. Happy to be on Talking Hoops. It's been a fun time here in New Orleans for the past week and ready to keep it going forward. Awesome. All right, Jake, let's get straight to it. Um, the New Orleans Pelicans get the number one overall pick and will most likely, well, I'll say most certainly, right, use it to select Zion Williamson. I hope so. You know, people hope they don't mess this up. It seems- yeah, no, they're, they're taking Zion number one. I think it's pretty safe to say that, that's for sure. Okay, cool. So what was your immediate reaction uh, once you saw that New York was falling at three and then it was between New Orleans um, and Memphis and then Memphis gets the second pick? Yeah, you know, it, it, obviously just very good, almost ecstatic, you know, as much as I cover the team and try and be impartial, you know, I want them to do well, I want them to succeed, so seeing New Orleans get the number one overall pick in a draft that has a very clear number one guy in Zion Williamson it is excellent to see, it's kind of a game changer for the franchise that's going through a big facelift right now, so on the podcast and in the, in the moment reaction, I was live streaming during it, I was swearing, not going to do that here, but basically, you know, kind of, it, it takes a little bit for it to sink in, did that really just happened to find just odds of six percent to get the number one overall pick and when you look at this draft you know it's really a top two heavy draft to me three maybe so the fact that the pelicans didn't come in at number four made me feel pretty good and then when they didn't come in at number three you're looking either taking zion williamson or john Morant, and you've got to feel pretty good about that and so yeah just overall very very happy in the moment when we saw how it all played out now, were you expecting to, to be able to pull Zion from this draft? No, I mean, of course not. The Pelicans had a 6% chance at getting the number one overall pick, so 94% chance that they don't draft Zion Williamson here. So this was very unexpected. Jumping up from 7 to 1 is a pretty big leap. When they were in position to draft Anthony Davis, they moved from 4 to 1, and even that was a big leap. So being able to jump up that high was very unexpected. You know, once their name didn't come up at the 8th spot, then it would have been um, with the way the Lakers jumped up, too. You knew they were somewhere in the top four at that point. I was pretty happy because you've improved your draft stock there. You're kind of feeling like you're playing with house money. However, it ends up just went the way, you know, the best way possible for the Pelicans. So, no, very unexpected to say the least. So, I'm sitting on my couch and I'm watching this whole thing play out, right? I see, bam, we get the number one pick. 
my my wife is not used to me getting so excited about basketball things, right? So as soon as I see it, I lose my mind. I'm jumping off my couch, right? I'm going insane because New Orleans now has the the number one pick, right? And so then I look, I mean, I hear about Alvin Gentry. He does the same thing. He loses his mind. He lets, lets out a couple of choice words as well. Everybody in New Orleans is losing their minds. And then the camera goes to Zion and he's doing his interview. And it seems that he's not as excited as everybody um, in New Orleans is. So then people start speculating. Maybe he won't play here. But you believe that he will play in New Orleans. And and you have some really solid reasons why. Right. Tell us why you believe that he's definitely. Well, I won't say definitely, but you believe he's most likely going to play in New Orleans. Yeah, you know, I, I think when they showed his reaction after the Pelicans jumped up to number one, you know, how is he supposed to react? You know, he's going to go number one overall. He's going to play for whoever drafted him. I don't know if he was supposed to have a different reaction. You know, maybe he was rooting for one of those other teams, but it doesn't really matter because this is how the draft process works and how the contracts work in the NBA. You can argue whether that's fair or not, but it is what it is. So I don't know what, you know, people were expecting from him um, when, when it turned out that the Pelicans beat the odds and jumped up to number one overall but look assuming he goes number one overall to the pelicans which again i think is going to happen he's playing here and it's as simple as that you know his his stepfather went on the radio in baton rouge um late last week um and basically said he's going to go and play in the nba he's not going to go back for duke to duke for another year uh they said that hadn't been discussed at all so he's going number one overall and he's going to play for the pelicans um next season and it's coming from his family members if you want more reasoning on why you know there's a number of them a lot of people immediately pointed to eli manning threatening the san diego chargers back in what was it oh four saying you need to trade me i'm not going to play for you and they acquiesced to that you know and there's a precedent for it in the nfl too with john elway not playing for the baltimore colts instead going to the denver broncos but it's different than how it works in the NFL, though, in the NFL, if you sit out that year, you go right back into the draft. So at worst, you sit out one season. Here for Zion Williamson, it's different in the NBA that the team holds your draft rights for three years. So yes, he could go back to Duke and not get paid any money for being at Duke and risk injury and all that comes with that. Or maybe he could go play overseas for three years, but that's what he would need to do. You wouldn't be in the NBA for three seasons because if you went to go play in China or somewhere in Europe, Falcons still own your rights for that long. That delays your future contracts the first rookie contract these guys sign is not where they make the majority of their money zion williamson will make somewhere between 40 to 50 million which of course is a lot of money um on his first deal it's that second deal and that third deal is really where you get paid big time anthony davis right now has got next season which is going to be about 27 million dollars for just one year that's significant that's coming on the end of his uh second contract in the nba His third contract's astronomically larger. That's that Supermax that the Pelicans can offer him that pays him something close to $250 million. There's no reason any player would want to push that back three more years and then all of the risk that comes with it. So I think when you kind of look at that combined with what his stepfather said, he's going to be playing by whoever drafts him next year, and it's going to be the Pelicans because they have the number one overall pick. Okay, so um, based on the logic, it seems like he will play for New Orleans. If he does, what does Zion Williamson bring to the Pelicans franchise that differs from what Anthony Davis brings? You know, I, I think 
think they're, they're similar in some regards, but you, you look at Zion in college and when you really kind of build that like draft profile of him, he kind of gives you everything, you know, he, you want from a guy. He's very stout underneath the basket. AD is much more useful as a pick and roll type of player or a jump shooting type of player. He's not the guy in the guy who's going to do post-ups down low and be as effective with that, though we've seen him, uh, you know, kind of bring that game out of him a little bit more recently. Zion is tremendous at that. You get him the ball down low and the way he can work in traffic around guys, and I think that has to do with his low center of gravity being a little bit undersized for a front court player at six foot seven, but he has a very low uh, ball point where he keeps that ball down low. It's tough to swipe away and knock the ball out of his hands. And there's a reason he shot 68% from the field in college. So you see him down low and do work like that. And he fits in with almost any type of NBA player because that's a skill set you don't see as much. He's tremendous in the fast break. The Pelicans like to run that uh, space and pace offense, get out and run after grabbing a defensive board. Zion can get that board and then immediately go coast to coast and finish in a variety of different ways. Defensively, you know, a pairing of him and Anthony Davis is probably kind of similar because they just kind of wreck havoc on the defensive side with their instincts. Zion, though, is a little bit better suited to guarding on the perimeter. This is a guy who's similar to Draymond Green, can guard one through five. He has just incredible instincts on when to gamble for a steal. You saw him poke the ball away so often or know when to kind of body up a guy and try and force a turnover that way. A little bit different than AD, who's much more of a traditional rim protector. So different skill sets, but they bring similar things to the table. And, you know, there's a reason he's the next best prospect coming into the NBA since it was Anthony Davis back in 2012. So I know New Orleans is a big, you know, and a lot of people support the New Orleans Saints. They haven't fully gotten behind the Pelicans, even though there is some support, right? Um, but it seems like people are picking up a little bit, right? Three times ticket sales um, from, you know, before all of a sudden now that Zion is a possibility. Do you foresee the city of New Orleans fully supporting the Pelicans and getting behind them like they currently get behind the Saints? Yeah, I, I think so. Look, it's, they're, they're different situations, and I know people want to compare the two, but it's not quite fair. You know, the Saints have been around here um, for 50 years now, and they've gone through some really bad years before people really started supporting them fully after Katrina and everything going back to 2006. You get tickets for $20, and games were never sold out prior to that. It took almost the threat of losing the team to really kind of rally the fan base. But also, you have people who've gone through multiple generations of being a Saints fan now. You know, their father was a Saints fan. They've grown up a Saints fan. You haven't really had that in New Orleans because the team has only been here since 2002. It just doesn't have the longevity that the the Saints have had. And during that time that they've been here, they've been in the playoffs less than half of those years. That's not a way to really build a significant fan base and a significant following. It takes a lot of time. It, it also takes a lot of winning seasons and consecutive winning seasons. So you haven't seen the support there. But when the Pelicans are good, this city supports and they turn out. You know, if you go back to 07, 08, when they made a run to the Western Conference Finals, um, that or sorry, semifinals, they, you know, had one of the best home court advantages in the league. And even Tim Duncan and those Spurs teams really did not enjoy playing here because it was so loud and gave the then Hornets such an advantage. 
you know, you mentioned it with what you just said. You know, there's been a lot of excitement since Zion Williamson and the Pelicans getting the number one overall pick. They've sold about 3,500 season tickets now so far. It's probably inching closer to 4,000 new season tickets since, the, since you know, a, a week ago now. That's about three to four times as many as they sold when it was the Anthony Davis draft back in 2012 when they won the number one overall pick then. It shows that this is growing. They just need to kind of win consistently. If they do that... This will really start to come around. You know, you see New Orleans be one of the top-rated TV markets for all of the NBA playoffs, um, even when the Pelicans aren't in there. So their support is here. They just need to win consistently to kind of bring it out. And if they do that, I think you'll see fully the city support this team. Okay, so so AD is requesting a trade. And the team is doing their best to keep him, right? I mean, Griffin's come out and say, hey, we're going to try our best to keep him, to get him to stay. In your estimation, what is the plan if AD stays? You know, it's to sell him on a couple of things, and they're going to have a big sit-down meeting the next week or so. We don't, we don't have an exact date on that, and Griffin's kind of declined to say exactly when they're going to be getting together. But it's going to be a big thing. They're bringing a big contingent out there. Drew Holiday's going to be in the meeting. David Griffin's going to be in the meeting. New general manager Trajan Langdon will be there. Aaron Nelson, who's been brought in as the head of player performance and recovery, formerly with the Phoenix Suns, and their tremendous medical staff and training staff is going to be in there. So will Gail Benson. And they're going to sell him on the... This is just a new chapter of this franchise. Yes, he was disappointed with the previous regime of Dell Demps trading first-round pick after first-round pick away and being unable to put a consistent winner around him. And they're going to show that they're on pace and on plan to put a consistent winner around him, that this isn't the Pelicans of years past. And, you know, the hires of Aaron Nelson show that. The hire of Trajan Langdon shows that. Getting the number one overall pick and the luck that comes with that shows that. Bringing in David Griffin, who was at the time the top um, executive you could hire on the market here, shows that that they want to win, and if Anthony Davis wants to win consistently, this is going to be his best option. Yes, the Knicks are a threat, the Celtics are potentially a threat, the Lakers are a threat too, but if you want to win consistently and have the best chance at winning titles for the foreseeable future, it really might be here in New Orleans foundation that's getting laid um you also look at the training staff being a big thing it just was kind of broke out now that they're going to be investing close to five million dollars in recovery and training in the weight room and all of that to keep anthony davis healthy and out on the court that's something that he struggled with throughout the you know his time here in new orleans in the league the seven years and you know if he wants to kind of keep his career going in the way he wants Staying healthy is going to be a big part of that. The Pelicans are probably positioned better than any other team in the league to help him accomplish that. And I think that's kind of kind of be the big thing. They're not going to he's not going to win with the Lakers right away, despite LeBron James being there. They're going to gut that roster just to trade for him. Same for the Boston Celtics. Same for the New York Knicks, who haven't been relevant for 20 years. If he wants to win, his best chance might be in New Orleans, and that's kind of the pitch that David Griffin's going to have. So here's my question: If Let's say they're unable to woo him. They're not able to bring him back in, right? Even with the big pitch and the big talk. Um, and, and as of two hours ago, right, they said they're going to have this big meeting in L.A. Um, so you're absolutely right. They're going to give everything they have to go out and, you know, make him stay. But let's say they're unsuccessful. Um, and, and based on listening to you, I think you believe they may be unsuccessful as well. So if they're not successful and he goes somewhere else, what's the best place to trade him to, right? And then what do you think they'll get in return? Yeah, you know, so I do think they'll be unsuccessful. You know, it's it's come out that he's been pretty resolute in 
wanting to still request a trade um, for whatever reason it is. It just does not seem like he's going to be coming back to New Orleans. So trade is the next move from that. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, you, you can go with two options. You can kind of try and retool and get back into the playoffs next year, or you can take a longer-term outlook on things and build a little bit more organically. I'm a big fan of building more organically and not trying to rush this. We saw a rushed rebuild with Dell Demps when this team drafted Anthony Davis, and look where we are today. Not exactly kind of the path you wanted to go down. David Griffin in a press conference today where they introduced Trajan Langdon even said, you know, we're not necessarily ready to compete next year. We've got to be very patient with this and think long term. And for that, you know, you've got to wonder if maybe they're looking at the New York Knicks who hold the third overall pick in the upcoming draft in what's a top three heavy draft, really, really top two, but still there's a big drop off between the third and fourth guy in the lottery coming up. I think, you know, maybe you want to pair another young player like that on the same timeline with Zion Williamson. They can grow organically together. You know, it's likely going to be R.J. Barrett, his teammate from Duke, too. So there's some added benefit in that. You also get a couple of future first-round picks from the Knicks, maybe with uh, the Dallas Mavericks picks being unprotected that they sent over in a trade for Kristaps Porzingis. There's some other intriguing young guys, too, like Mitchell Robinson, who's actually from New Orleans, a guy like Dennis Smith Jr., or a guy like Alonzo Trier, who was undrafted and looked pretty good his rookie year there. And it brings in a lot of young talent that you can cultivate, that you can develop, and to really build a solid foundation for contending for future years down the line. That's, I think, the the trade I would look at first and foremost, you know, but if you're looking to get back into the playoffs to trade with the Boston Celtics, certainly is going to be on the table. They're going to make an aggressive run at Anthony Davis and trying to bring him up north. You know, that package could include both Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. If you're looking to get out, get back into the playoffs right away, getting two established guys who've done it before is really intriguing while also being young. So a number of different directions they can go, but I think they're going to be really looking to get some draft picks back some young guys, and I think that makes that Knicks offer look even more appealing. If you had a preference, where would you send him? Probably to New York. You know, I look at the way Philly built their team, building it through the draft, having a lot of patience, and then kind of striking when the opportunity presented itself. That's a team that traded for Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris in a month, two months. I forget the exact time frame on it. That was because they had got young guys on rookie deals that are very cheap and outperformed those contracts. They had other future draft picks, too, that they could include in those deals to make it work. I think that's an important thing to keep in mind. The New York offer kind of gives you all of that. I think that's where I'd at least start looking, and I think that's the offer that they might be leaning towards taking right now. Yeah, I like that number three pick a lot more than I like the number four for the Lakers. Um, I just feel like you're going to get, you know, a little bit more. You possibly get Moran or you may get Barrett. Um, and I'm a little bit more excited about that. I, I'm completely agreeing with you. I'm a little bit more excited about that than than fourth pick, especially in this draft. So yeah, I, I, I think there's a big drop off from three to those guys who are in that four to 12 range. Even though I'm not enamored with Barrett after that, I don't know. There's a lot of flaws you see. And I don't think that's a, those are guys you can really build a team around. Yeah, I don't see a guy that who's going to like really pump up the city but I feel like if you get Barrett then it's like oh wow now they're just transferring Duke into this team along with a Knox and maybe a Dennis Smith Jr. then I think you got something to really contend with um or at least it'll be hype there'll be a little bit more hype around that so here's my last question I want to know about this David Griffin era in New Orleans do you believe it's going to be astronomically different than the previous regime um or will it be more of the same you know, it's already 
any different. He's only been here for something like 40 days. The Pelicans haven't won one game because they haven't played any games, but it's already kind of been different. This is a guy who has complete control of the organization. He is the top basketball decision maker within this franchise right now, where previously that was held by Mickey Loomis, who was associated with the Saints and is their general manager. That mindset's now completely gone. They're sinking money into this franchise like they never have before. You know, David Griffin didn't come cheap by himself. Uh, Trajan Langdon, who they just hired to be the GM, did not come cheap. Aaron Nelson, the Phoenix Suns' former head trainer, did not come cheap. And now they're sinking about $5 million into renovating a pretty new practice facility to change that and add more to it. They're going to kind of beef out and build out the scouting and analytics department some more, too. So they're pouring money into this franchise like they never have before. And that's because David Griffin came in and said, this is what I want to do. And they said, okay, we'll write the checks. So already it's been different than it was before. You know, David Griffin's got that proven track record, a proven pedigree. He won an NBA title in Cleveland. He knows how to build a winner. This is a guy who's big on relationships and kind of building things organically, where Dell Demps really tried to kind of force and rush things. So I think it's been a great change for New Orleans. And, you know, compared to where they were just a month ago, the future looks completely different and looks infinitely more bright. So... How long do you think it'll be before they're actually competing? You know, I I don't think it's going to be next year. I think, you know, depending on the trade they get, they could maybe make a run at the seventh or eighth seed in the Western Conference. Um, But I don't think you really look at them being a serious contender there. I think you're still two or three years away from that. Zion Williamson's still going to go through an adjustment period in the NBA as good as he's going to be. And most rookies really don't start contributing to their third year in the league, maybe towards the latter end of their second year in the league if you're lucky. And I think you kind of need to wait for that to happen. Zion's no real exception from that. So, you know, assuming they trade AD, they're going to bring in a lot of young guys who can help. But they're not necessarily those huge difference makers, all NBA type of prospects that you're going to be looking at Zion Williamson to be. So once he develops into that, that's when I think you'll see this team really start to make a run. Probably takes two or three years. So next year I think is still a building year, but it's at least building towards a better future than they had before. Awesome. Hey, um, I'm with Jake Madison from the Locked On Pelicans um, podcast. Jake, can you tell the people where to find you on Twitter? Um, if Look, there's so much phenomenal content and no matter what they say around the league, right? Um, as the draft approaches, the Pelicans will be, <laughs> the New Orleans will be like where the most news will come from. It'll be a ton of news um, surrounding the New Orleans area. So they'll probably want to find a lot of this, you know, great information from the local expert, right? Please tell us how to find you, where we can follow you and where we can get your information. Yeah, of course. So the Lockdown Pelicans podcast, you can get it wherever you get your podcast from. It's on iTunes, it's on Google Play, any of those places. Just search Lockdown Pelicans. It's Monday through Friday. It's up there every morning for you. So if you need something for your commute to work, that's the way to go. Like you said, there's going to be a lot of news coming out about this team. There's more coming very, very soon from this team, too. If you want to know more about this, the Lockdown Pelicans podcast is the way to go. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Nola Jake. Um, pretty easy, and I'm always on there talking hoops with everyone. It's a fun time to be a Pelicans fan, and this is going to be one of the most intriguing teams going forward. Absolutely. Jake, thank you so much for joining us. We truly appreciate you sharing your time. Of course. Thanks for having me on today. Absolutely. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'm going to make a toast because we still alive. No big. I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in hot.
Yo, what's good? It's your boy Double, and you are tuned in to MTMV Sports. You heard? Coming in. This is Andrew Brown with the North Florida Tigers Prep Program, and you are listening to me on MTMV. Support the podcast whenever you can, listen as much as you can, and share as much as you can.